if uh, you're new to our church, we're, we're in the, the really big book of Philemon, which is only just a few verses long. <clears throat> but I'm going to be able to take almost two months of sermons out of that. Uh, can you imagine how long it would take us to go through the Psalms if it's taken us that long to go through Philemon? Philemon is a, is a Christian brother to Paul. So I want to catch you up and recap for anybody that may not have been here on the beginning. <clears throat> he is a Christian brother uh, to the Apostle Paul. He's part of his ministry. They're co-laborers together. They're dear friends. <clears throat> if you remember the one verse we handled, Paul said to Philemon that he is a, he is a refreshment to people in the gospel and in the kingdom of God. Uh, all that. So he partners with Paul in ministry. Onesimus is another character. Uh, he is a slave that's owned by Philemon. We, we say that we're not advocating that Christianity and slavery go together at all, but we are saying this was common during the day of this letter. And Philemon was a devout Christian, but he did own slaves. And Onesimus was one of those slaves. And he has, uh, he has run away. He's, he's run away from his owner and his people. So Paul is in Rome under house arrest. Uh, they, can't, they can't shut him up, so they shut him out. And somehow he encounters Onesimus. As Onesimus is running away and Paul is under house arrest, we don't know how this happened, but it happened. And they came together. And uh, there is Onesimus ends up being saved under Paul's ministry, even under house arrest. So Paul is trying to reunite Onesimus the slave, new Christian, with Philemon, his owner, and, his, and Paul's dear friend. And uh, he's trying to put this relationship back together in a way that it had never existed before. Never existed before. So uh, he, Onesimus comes to Christ. He's not the same anymore. And so he, he's asking Philemon to accept him as a brother, which is a verse we'll get to in a couple Sundays. Uh, instead of a slave, will you receive him as a brother in Christ, obviously emphasizing the family of God. So I told you this book is a book of grace and reconciliation and forgiveness and even a book of challenging us to just even look at things again. Um, so, so Paul continues in these two verses. And let's look at verse 11 for just a moment. It says, once, once he was useless, once he was, he was useless to you, but now he is useful both to you and me. He's useless when he's talking about uh, uh, Onesimus being useless. He's talking about as a runaway slave. He's no longer uh, a part of Philemon's work, anything. So he, he's, he's, he's being looked at as useless. We also don't know what his pre previous behavior may have been. We don't know that. But the word useless here means he's not profitable. Uh, he's not profitable. Now... I'm going to take you to seminary for a little bit, okay? You hang on with that. Uh, I'll, I'll take you to a, uh, what a seminary class can look like. And, and even some of the classes that I taught in schools of theology may be able to look like. So this is going to be a different Jeff for you, okay, uh, than what you normally see. But it's, it's important 
because Paul is using a play on words here. And in a minute, I'm going to show you, he uses a double play on words. And this is where study in scripture is very important. And you're going to say, well, what you've given me today, I can't find on my own. Yes, you can. You can do that. There are, there are studies out there for you to be able to find that. But I, I want to begin with his first play on words. Uh, Onesimus, his name means useful. Means profitable or useful. Uh, a lot of slaves were named that because if they were traded them back and forth, they would know the word Onesimus meant this was a useful person. So the first play on words that he uses here is he said, go back to the other one. You stole my thunder, Miles. What's the matter with you? Once he was, once he was useless, once he was useless, uh, is, is a play on words here to begin with. Once he was useless to you, meant as a runaway slave, he's not profitable to you, he's useless, but now he is useful. And, and he uses this because Paul knows what Onesimus' name means. It means useful. So he, he uses that in the scripture. And now he's useful to both you and me. Actually, the word he uses that means he's more useful than he ever has been. He's like really, really useful. So Paul's pretty sharp, well-educated man, well-educated man. And so he's using the word useless and useful as a play on words with Onesimus's name, meaning that alone means useful. But here's the, here's the double play, Miles. Here's the double play. The, the word in Greek, akrestos, means useless. Okay? Means useless. The A at the beginning of it is the anti, meaning non. So the word for useful is eukrestos. And it means really, really, really useful. But it's all a play on words with the word krestos and Christos. Do you see that the word Christos means Christ? So there's a double play on words there, like he's useless, a Christos. He's really, really, really useful, which is you Christos, but it's all a play on the word of Christ. Because Christos with the E looks like Christos with the I. Do you see that? So here's what he's saying. He's saying, Onesimus's name means useful. Now, you gotta, you gotta ask the question, is Paul playing with Philemon's mind and heart? The answer is yes. Is he pulling at his heartstrings? The answer is yes. Absolutely yes. Is he setting Philemon up? Go ahead and say it. Yes. And he's using the play on words here because this letter is to Philemon himself. And so when he would say useless and useful, he knew a little bit of what Paul was doing. When he uses a Christos and Eucristos to resemble Christos Christ the King, then he's using the play on words too. And here's what he's saying. He's saying he's not the same guy that he used to be. He has come to Christ. 
He has come to Christ and Christos with an E kind of looks like Christos with an I, meaning he is a brand new person now. He is not the Onesimus that ran away. He's not the Onesimus that you once had as a laborer in your workforce. He is a brand new person. Now hang on. Paul is, is capturing this because this even happened in his own life. Paul put Christians to death. You remember that? He had them ordered to die, right? He, he gave the orders for them to die. He plagued the Christian church. And if you remember when Jesus saved him on the road to Damascus, he said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And so there's the conversion of Paul there. Paul surrenders to Christ just like Onesimus does. And he tries to tell people, I'm not the same Paul that I used to be. Just like he's telling Philemon, he's not the same Onesimus that you once knew. In fact, when Paul would go to minister, people would say, don't trust Paul because he's a wolf, do you remember this? In sheep's clothing. And so there was an encourager that came alongside him named Barnabas. And Barnabas would tell the other churches, you can trust Paul. But churches didn't trust Paul until Barnabas said, he's the real deal. So Paul understands when people do not understand that there's been a major change in your life. But there has, and he's telling in a very creative way with a play and a double play on words, he's telling Philemon that I want you to know he's not the same person that you once knew. He, he's really, really useful to all of us. He's, he's more than just a laborer. He's a partner in the gospel and in a kingdom message. I, can, I, can I be pastor for a moment with you for just a moment? I, I have chats like this with people all over the United States, other pastors. And uh, the, the question now is, after COVID, there's just a lot of newness going on, a lot of new people, uh, like some churches that I'm very close to, they said, well, we've got a different church since COVID, those two years of COVID. And I go, well, we do too. And you're not, not the same people. Some people I haven't seen again, uh, which is really a common, common bit of conversation among pastors. And, but we always end up saying this. They go, do you know who you have now? And almost all the pastors go, no. Here's something from a pastor to you. Do I know that I have you? Do... do do we in leadership for the kingdom and the gospel, do we know that you're a partner? Do we know that? Because Paul's looking for co-laborers in the ministry. I'm not asking you whether you like us or not. I'm just saying, are you a partner in the ministry for the gospel and the kingdom? because this is what Paul is really trying to get them to understand. And the picture that he's trying to give them understand, the kingdom is bigger and better when all of us co-labor together. And that's what he's trying to tell Philemon about Onesimus. 
It's no longer a picture of your workforce, Philemon. It's a picture of, are we co-laboring together? Are you going to receive Onesimus as a brother in Christ and as a co-laborer to the ministry and to the gospel purpose? Because it's bigger, the kingdom is bigger and better purpose than anything we could have in our lives. Um, so, so we have value. When I use the word useless in that verse, when Paul uses that, he's not saying that Onesimus doesn't have value because Christ came to us because we have value and he loves us. He came to us, but there's a change that happens. And the change that happens is we, we, we become new creations in Christ. Uh, I was at the UK ball game. I was, uh, I was, Julie and I were walking in from where we were parked, and I looked around, and there's, there's uh, some guys I grew up with in Green County, played ball with them, and uh, it was Mike and Tim Deaton. I don't know if you know who they are, but Mike was a actually played at UK, and and uh, we were walking in together and just reliving old times and just yucking it up, telling some stories and. And uh, so they, they said, um, do you still pastor that, that, we go by that, you're, you're all's church all the time, do you still pastor there? I said, yes. I said, I still pastor there. And we, we just got to talking about uh, connectedness that we had, but it turned into a spiritual conversation, which is what I try to teach you to do, is just have spiritual conversations with people. And uh, we, we started talking about people we grew up with and uh, there's one guy in particular, he's actually attended this church. And his, his life, uh, let me just say, he doesn't remember a good portion of it. Is that, under, is that a good description? Do you, do you all get that, if I were to say that? And uh, man, he came to know the Lord, and this guy <clears throat> was on fire. He has stayed on fire. And, and uh, a, a, a brand new creation. He, he, listen, there's the struggle, and I want you to listen to me as a pastor here. There's a struggle between making us better and making us new. We all try to better ourselves, but Christ makes us new people. His mercies are new every day. So he's about making new. We can think in our culture about being made better, but Christ makes us new, so we're not we're not only we're not only surrender become co-laborers. We become co-heirs with Christ. Remember, I, I told you what what and just listen to this, man. How do you turn down this deal? I don't, I don't know how you do it, but what what the Father intends to give Jesus in eternity, He promises to give you. Uh, David Cottrell's mother passed away. We, we conversed last night, and I, I, I said, she's safely home, safely home. We'll think in our mind that life has ended, that it's over. It's not. Life for her is just beginning. Don't forget, this is the prequel. This is not, this, is, this, this life, ever how many years you live it, is just a prequel to eternity. Eternity is the life you need to be focused on. And when you're in the kingdom, you focus on that. And we not only are co-laborers with Christ, he said we are co-heirs with Christ as well. Look at the value of that.
Look at look how important that is. So I, I pray that the newness that is found in Onesimus and Paul can be used or found in all of us. Remember, it's not about us being better. It's about us being made new. So he's telling him to Philemon. Paul's saying he's going to be useful to you now in a way that he never was before. And he's going to be useful to me too. And he's going to be useful to the kingdom. Paul... Paul even says in scripture, this one thing I do, which is ministering to people. But uh, Paul wants a good focus on the kingdom. I desire that for you too. And you're going, well, I've got kids and I've got jobs. I understand. Been there. Got the t-shirt. Did the selfie. I understand. We've all done it. But we still have to do it with a kingdom focus. And even though Paul stresses this one thing that I do, which can seem real individualized, it, it, it is still meaning I want to stay focused on the kingdom, but we want our approach is a team approach. We are to have a team approach. Like, like I'm going to invite you, and I try, I try to teach you and model this for you as well, but get people to join you in things that you're doing in ministry. Like, like recently, and, and uh, Amy, Amy's off did that. We, we're, we call her now our church boss, right? And she said, have you ever thought about mentoring in the elementary schools? And I said, no, I've never done that. I've never thought about that. And so now I've, and you go through a little bit of training, and now I'm mentoring in the schools. And uh, the other day, I, I've, I've met the young man that I'm the, the mentee and the mentor. We have lunch together. We see them once a month. But Amy invited me to join her in that. And I did in this great ministry. It becomes ministry not only to a, a, a student, but even their family. It gets bigger. And so we ate lunch with them in our first meeting. And you write down goals and stuff that you want to achieve. And... And so this, this one boy, he said, I want to learn how to shoot a bow, you know, archery. And I'm going, this is my kind of kid right here. You know, I, I'm like, it, we're, we're, we're connected. So we're eating lunch together. And so the kids went on to what they need to the next day. And, and so they said to the adults, what do you think? I said, I've spent more time in the library with this boy than I did my whole time in school. <clears throat> you know, I said, I've been in the library now more than I ever have. I said, I've never been in the library this long. Uh, so it works out. But what am I trying to say? Amy was already in that. And she just said, have you ever thought about doing that? We've got Meals on Wheels. A lot of people in our church deliver Meals on Wheels to the senior adults. And I, I knew that, but I knew it even more when they started delivering to me, Mom, Papa, when they lived at home. And I got to see it. I got to see how people stopped and prayed with them and for them. And it, it's amazing. Uh, this, this one right here is even involved in that. There are others that are involved in it. And sometimes it's just inviting. See, that's kingdom stuff. Do you understand? It doesn't have to be a Billy Graham crusade. Are y'all listening? Just get involved in other ministries. And, and then if you're in those ministries, avenues for women, whatever, backpack buddies, it just goes on and on. The, then Sunrise Children's Home that we do monthly. 
uh, it'll be a blessing to you to get to know and even how to pray for these these boys. But uh, in, invite other people in. Even though Paul is saying we need a kingdom focus individually, the work is a team approach. It's a team approach. So invite other people in to ministries that, that you know and exist. Are you all listening to me? Yeah, so invite them. Don't, 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 don't wait for me to bring it up. If you're involved in those ministries, invite other people. In fact, if you've got a close circle of friends, ask yourself this question. What is our circle of friendship doing for the kingdom? Is there something we can do as a group of friends that will, we can co-labor with other ministries? You, you get the picture? Paul would say that to you over and over. It's an individual kingdom focus, but it is a team approach that goes on. So invite people to join you in those ministries. Ministry is not attending a church. We came here today to worship. We came here today to remember all that he has done for us. We came here to remember and celebrate cross and resurrection today. You need that today. You need this today for what you went through last week and what you're going to go through this week that you know nothing about. We came here to, as a public gathering to worship. So ministry is more than attending a service or waiting for me to give you a housekeeping tip at the end. It's you being in the Holy Spirit revealing to you and calling you to do other things. So ask others to help join you, encourage them, invite them to be able to come about. Listen, if you were this week, if you were to call our office and say, listen, do you know of any ministries I can connect with? Amy and I are going to have to call the paramedics to our office. I, I can wait on you and you can wait on me. And in the meantime, the Holy Spirit reveals to you. And then you need to join him in the work that he's inviting you to join. But also, please know that you can invite other people. Pull up verse 11 again, Miles, if you will. He said, I want to remind you that now, now he's converted. Onesimus is not the same person anymore. He is useful both to you and to me. Do you see the co-laboring team approach that is going on now? Now they're going to serve each other, and now they're going to serve with each other. It's all for the kingdom. Let's look at verse 12. He's, Paul says, I am sending him back to you as a part of myself. Uh, we do the hope arrow here and have spiritual conversations. The O is open the scriptures, predominantly the gospels. The P is pray and listen. The E is engage with people or eat with people. And then we have the arrow. Do you see the arrow here? I am sending. I am sending him back. I'm sending him back. It is a picture of the word of being sent. He's not sending Onesimus back as a legal obligation to slavery. He's not doing that. Remember I told you Paul handles slavery on a personal basis and then also on an organizational basis. But it's a kingdom focus here. Uh, and the kingdom focus is that he... He is sending Onesimus back to begin a relationship with Philemon that he's never had before. And that is in Christ, not in slavery. 
In fact, in just a, a little while, we're going to use the verse where Paul says, I want you to accept him as a brother and not as a slave. So he's sending him back to have a relationship he's never had before into the family God and in the family of God. And he's going to serve in a brand new way. Paul has a heart for new believers. This is exciting for Paul. He, he, Paul wants co-laborers. In fact, you've read the Gospels. Jesus tells us today through his word, pray for what? Laborers. There are a lot of people who attend church, but they're not partners in ministry. Yes. They attend church, but they're not partners in ministry. And Paul loves it when a new believer gives their life to Christ because he sees the team getting bigger. He's got, we've, we've got more co-laborers together. And Jesus said, don't pray for the harvest because the harvest is already plentiful. What does he say do? Pray for laborers. If you are a praying person, will you add that to your list? Pray for laborers. Pray for people to be connected to God and called by God. But he, he, he does this. Paul, Paul sees Onesimus as a son in the ministry. He's my, he's my heart. I, I, uh, I was conversing with Drew Causey the other day, and I think of Logan as a son. Now I think of Logan Squared as a son, Logan Harvey and Logan Smith. And we've got a Logan takeover here coming in, in our church. But I, 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 uh, I talk to Drew, and I, I look at him as a son in the ministry. It just goes on and on. Paul, Paul sees this. He's excited over the conversion and sees him as a son in the ministry. And, and Paul's really probably wanting to keep him. That's why he writes this. He wants to keep him. Listen, over 60 people out of our church are now doing ministry. I've told you that many times, and I, I will continue to tell you that. That they're pastoring today, they're, they're preaching today in some kind of time zone. Uh, as we speak, Justin and Ashley Ross are starting a church in Thailand who are a part of this church called the missionary work right out here in this parking lot. E even Garrett Gay. Garrett, you know Garrett, and, uh, uh, Mike and Jennifer's son used to attend this church. And he's involved in international missions. And we were standing out here not too long ago in the parking lot. And he just cried. And he said, it was that, that when I attended here, God was calling me to missions. And I'm just now responding to it. Uh, and he goes, I just want to thank you. So you, you, you're sending people. You know, the, the picture a lot is to keep people. We're trained to keep people, but we want to be sending. I'm sure Paul wavered back and forth. Do I send Onesimus back to Philemon or do I keep him for myself? And there is a picture here that the gospel message is about sending. It's about sending people. And he has a heart for that. I'm sending him back to you, he says. So here, here it is. Here's what we get today out of Onesimus. He's converted. Uh, he's, he was useless. Now he's useful. He came to Christ. He's all different. In Christ, listen to me. In Christ, you can have a life and a new life that you cannot create for yourselves. In Christ, you can have new relationships that you've never had before. 
You can have a new work ethic when you come to Christ. There'll be a new work ethic. There's a new focus now. I know you got jobs, you got family, you got kids, you got deadlines, you've got schedules. I mean, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to be a good grandparent here. Andrew just sent me the volleyball schedule Friday, you know, for the fall. So we're, we're trying to work that in for Charlotte and Gwen, our granddaughters. We're trying to work that in. Yeah, but it, it, it doesn't mean you lessen your focus on the kingdom. You keep and you work hard to keep your focus on the kingdom. So we have a new life in Christ. We have new relationships in Christ. We have a new work ethic in Christ. We have a new focus in Christ. We have a new purpose now. And you're part of a big team, a kingdom team. It's not where do you attend church? The real question is, are you a partner in the gospel? That's the question. So... I, I pray today, even in that simple challenge, I didn't stomp my feet, I didn't spit at you, I didn't yell, but it's more than attending a church. It's being a partner in the gospel of Christ. And let that be a part of the newness that Christ has in you. And you, you, you want new? Well, you want new? Well, then come to Christ. Let me just give you two. One of them you know, that one you may not look at too much, but look at Revelation 21.5. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making everything old. <laughs> look, look what he says, I'm making everything new. He also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. One day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Got to, got to tell you this. My, my wife, Julie, she loves to watch Survivor. Okay? And she loves for me to watch it with her. And since because I love her, I do. <laughs> I didn't say I love Survivor. But the first episode just came out Wednesday night. And we, we, we tape it and we watch it when we're not doing our work or having papaw duty. It's what we call that at the nursing home. And I saw this new group and I went, Lord, we're doomed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, one girl just quit and went back home because she didn't want, she wanted to be in her bed and she didn't think it was going to be like this. And I'm like, how do you think it's not going to be like this, you know? And then one guy just was almost paralyzed with anxiety. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, if we're doomed, Julie. I said, we're just doomed. You know, we're doomed. And here, here's, here's what I want you to understand. In, in Christ, there's a complete newness. One day there's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth. Brand spanking new. He's already said it. He's already planned it. That plan is in order. Already going to happen. Some people are trying to help this. Let me help you out. He pulled Eden away, and one day he's going to bring Eden back. It's called the Epic of Eden. I firmly believe the newness is coming back is going to be Eden replaced with perfection. And I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. There's, he just makes all things new. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. We use this for conversion and baptism a lot, and you can, rightfully so. Therefore, if anyone's in his Christ, he is a new creation. New creation. 
Old things have passed away and look, new things have come. Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Just that verse alone, can you see that being alive in Paul's writing to Philemon? Onesimus is not the same anymore. You're gonna have a relationship with Onesimus that you never had. And Christ has reconciled us. I need to reconcile you and Onesimus again, Philemon. I, I need you to do that. And we need to do that because now it's not about your workforce. It's about all of us co-laboring together. Listen, in our congregation, in my mind, I don't go through and go, who do we want to partner with in ministry? Guys, God led you here for a reason. And I pray that through the Holy Spirit and equipping people that we show you what that is. But let's just don't attend the church. Let's partner in ministry. There's a lot of Onesimuses in this, in this, in this audience. We've, we've run from something, haven't we? All of us have run from something. We came to Christ. We became new in him. And as we've become new in him, we've got a single kingdom focus, no matter what it is we're doing in, in our life, even to make a living, we still have a kingdom focus, but it's a team approach. I, I don't know what commitment you've got to do today, but partner. Let's co-labor together for the gospel. We all want to be part of something bigger and better than ourselves. And the best offer in this world is to be a part of the kingdom of God. And you're going to say, I can't do it, but God can do it through you. He will use you. I promise you that. He will use you. Let's just surrender to that today. Some of you may have heard different things that the Holy Spirit is highlighting in this sermon. I understand that. I understand his ministry. But today, let's even just think about God. I want to partner. I want to co-labor together with you. Let's pray together. Father, I pray over our people today. There are many, many, many points in this sermon that can affect all of us. Lord, as a pastor, I have to be honest, the one that really is a picture to me is do we just attend or are we co-laboring together? Are we partnering in ministry? And, and Lord, I, I, you know, I can cheerlead. There are a lot of people in our church that can cheerlead. Uh, that will only take us so far. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us a boldness that is beyond measure in our life. And give us a courage, Lord, to face what you have revealed to us and how we are to join you in your work. Give us that courage today. Father, I pray today that our people will partner up with us in ministry. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and we pray together. Amen. Church, would you stand? The team's going to lead us. There'll be counselors here to receive you. For any, any decision, talk to you about baptism, pray for you and you surrendering your life to Christ. The invitation is this, whosoever will, for whatever reason today, you come.